Hi, Paul, everyone. Uh, just restarting our chit chat because there seems to have been some um, uh, connection issues or technical issues. Um, so we restarted and here we are again. And uh, my name is Kishore Chandra and we're waiting. Um, Queen Rads, Rads. I like that. Go, Danga, Hari Hari. Okay, is it better? It looks that way. Mm, yeah, I think it's better. What? For some reason now I can't, I can barely hear you. <laughs> like, you, oh, there we go. You can hear me. Yeah, now I can hear you. God. Okay, I was saying that I might be doing this throughout because I just had a little snack before I jumped on. Mm. So I'm all, you know, anyway, apologies. <laughs> What's up? What's on your mind? I've been reading a book, Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. Have you read that? Mm -mm. What's it about? Okay, you know who C.S. Lewis is? Yeah, of course. For those of you who aren't familiar with C.S. Lewis, I grew up with C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, when I was obviously. a kid, I, I grew up reading that. But I later on discovered that he was a Christian apologist. Like, I think he went from an atheist or agnostic to a Christian apologist later, like a defender of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And he has a lot of really good Christian apologetic books, apparently. One of them is the Screwtape Letters. Mm -hmm. And the book is basically about, it's, it's, um, it's about the exchange between a sort of undertaker of, mm -hmm. the, of hell who's writing to various fiends who are out on the field trying to bring new converts back to the side of materialism or back, mm. to, back on the path of hell. So he, the book takes the form of letters that this Lee undertaker is writing to these fiends or tempters in order to corrupt the people who have just newly converted to Christianity and bring them back on the path that leads to hell, which is a path of materialism. So he, he tells them of the strategies to employ um, the mistakes that they're making and tempting their new these new converts and how they can uh, rectify their mistakes and that way ensure that these people are brought back to the path that leads them directly to our father below. Mm. <laughs> <The devil. laughs> um, it's an amazing, i am really been, I, I got it yesterday. I've been reading it. Um, I'm like probably a little bit, of, of almost, yeah, probably a little bit over 50% done with it. And um, you know what it reads like? It reads kind of like the Madura Kandambini. Really? Because the book is about how basically what happens to new converts to spirituality and the sort of, the sort of weaknesses that we undergo. Are you still there? Your thing is freezing again. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. You. Your connection is sh okay, but it's really shoddy. You just—I just want to let you know. I don't know why it's so shoddy. You're in the room that you're normally in. Okay. Just continue because can I think we can all hear you. you. I'm not. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyway, 
So it reads, I was saying that it reads like the Madhurya Kandambini. So for you, for those of you not familiar, the Madhurya Kandambini um, is a book written by a saint in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. And the book is considered probably the most important book for practitioners of bhakti because mm. it delineates the various stages from the, the first stage in bhakti to the very last stage of bhakti. And it kind of gives one the awareness of what to expect and what is, what is the nature of the level of, let's say, consciousness on each particular stage and how one goes mm. from one stage to the next stage of bhakti. It's like considered one of the, probably the most important book for any bhakti sadhaka. And the screw tape letters, it's like that because it's, it, at least in my first reading of it, it's like speaking about the internal obstacles a new convert to Christianity undergoes, the sort of pride he undergoes because of his, his new faith or um, uh, shames that he encounters on account of not being able to come up to the ideal standards of things and so on. Um, mm. So it's just really fascinating. And I guess it's, it's, it strikes me as a good book because it's things that you can really um as you're hearing um, the undertaker speak to all the fiends and they're all the different things that they employ to get you to go back to the path of materialism. Oh my God, I totally experienced that. I, <laughs> I remember that conversation with the fiend and I remember, remember like doing with that regard. And, and so um, obviously because it, 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 it speaks so much to human frailty, especially for mm. those humans who are interested in developing spirituality. It takes a lot of honesty to read the book and kind of be like, oh shit, that's totally me. And, mm. um, and more than honesty to accept that this is kind of a commentary on what you have gone through or are going through, this sort of human be like, I need to correct myself. Otherwise, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna be going to the father below and not the father <laughs> above. <laughs> It's so interesting that you bring this up because I feel like I've been talking about this for a while. I think some of us or many of us go through this experience. You know, we've spoken about it at length, like bad association, uh, outside association, association with non-devotees, um, kind of like being out in the world and kind of like the split personality that forms. And it's like you're, when you're with devotees, you're like really trying to, you know, you're trying to be pious, you're trying to be humble, you're trying to be like this. And rather what might be going on is a repression and, you know, not a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not a complete embracing of the philosophy or the ideals of bhakti, or maybe you embrace it on a philosophical or a logical level. Like, you know, this is thing in the heart or whatever, you know, some past conditioning, some past karma that is keeping us in the space. And then therefore, because I have this like split going on, when I, let's say I'm, you know, hanging out with my, you know, materialist friends or my materialist family and I have a moment of weakness, you know, then like, then it's like you're going down to the, what is it, the father below? I like this, it's kind of nice. And I specifically, I'm thinking about uh, human frailty and also like, yeah, when you were speaking, I was just really thinking, when you were speaking specifically about Madhurya Kadambini and the stages that we go through in Bhakti and, you know, one of those stages is like really like leaving behind that kind of association and coming into so and 
sometimes because I feel like, you know, I've just been with my family for like, I don't know how many months. Like it's, it's been a lot. It's been like five or six months at this point. And I'm finally with them. <laughs> I'm finally not with them. And it feels uh, very nice to be honest. Because one thing that I will say is that regardless of my family, knowing that, you know, I've been a vegetarian for so many years. I don't, you know, following the four regs, I don't drink, I don't do this. I don't, you know, all these things still, it doesn't matter how many times I say, I don't eat meat, or it doesn't matter how many times I say, no, I don't want to go to that place, or no, I don't want to take that thing. Still, like, you find the fiends of just being like, come on, you know, like, come on, like, why not? Like, just enjoy a little, like, why are you so, you know, tight-laced, or like, why can't, why can't like this? Like, literally every time, and you just have to sit there and be like, no, 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 thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. And it's, it's a really interesting thing, because it's like, Obviously, we all have our individual lives and you know, make the decisions on how close or not close we are to family that's outside of our, our spiritual path or friendship that's our, outside of our spiritual path. But it's, you know, I personally have, and I'm sure a lot of us have, and I'm just going to end here because I feel like I'm ranting. I personally have really seen like that my level of honesty with where I'm at in my spiritual life, which is what Madhuri Kadambini is really amazing for. It helps you like get honest about where you are, like what step you are on in your spiritual life. The level of honesty that you have with yourself and your spiritual life, kind of like the more honest you can be with yourself, the more you realize like what situations you can be in and what situations you should not and cannot be in because of like my honesty with my spiritual life, knowing like I'm weak, I'm frail. If I'm put in this situation, you know, shit's going to go down. Yes. I think I caught most of what you were saying, but your computer was, or your phone was really. Really? Jacked. Anyway, um, what time? <laughs> also, I don't have full time today because I have to go to sound bath. Oh, you're so still doing that? Oh my God, wow. <laughs> you know, it's because the past few Wednesdays, wow. you've been like not leaving. Yeah, because I, I had, I, anyway, I'm still doing that, yes. Um, okay. So, um, so it, you were almost intelligible. I, I wanted to, I want to respond by saying that, so when, when reading this particular book, it's clear that the fiends are, for the, from a Vedantic perspective, it's the mind. It's the, mind which is referred to as avishuddha kartu the mind is referred mm. to in the bhagavatam as the impure actor so shuddha mm. api avishuddha kartu so although the soul the soul is referred to as shetragya and bhagavad gita also in shuna bhagavatam which means the knower of the field mm. so the knower of the field he is um the field refers to the body it's inner so it's the field that we cultivate for achieving the fruits of happiness or distress, right? Mostly distress because we're foolish um, of cultivators of the field. So we're Shetra we're, Gya, we're the knower of the field, which means we witness the field of activity. We witness our own body. So Shetra Gya, although he is Shuddha, Shuddha Api, although he is pure, Vichakshate, we were a verse we were studying today. The Shetra Gya is perceiving the mind Eta manasovibhuti. Mm. The manasovibhuti means the vrittis in the mind, the various thoughts and feelings and 
emotions, acts of intellection and ego. You know, he's looking at all of that. Uh, the mind, who is the Abhishuddha Kartu. Abhishuddha Kartu means the impure actor. Mm. And impure actor means Bhagavat Bhaihimukha. He is turned away from God. So all the thoughts and emotions, etc., they're based on the concept of not seeing God. And he's just not really part of the picture. He's not part of the conversation mm. in your mind. This is called Abhishuddha Kartu. So the fiends and screw tape letter for a Vedanta perspective like ours is clearly just the mind. And one thing that I'm getting through the book and just you know, kind of self-reflection is that we suffer. One of the ways in which we suffer with our mind is various levels of like self-deception. Mm. And so, like, I just, I just thought of this because you were mentioning about needing to be honest with oneself. But when you identify with the impure actor, I like this word, impure actor, Abhishuddha Kartu. When you identify with the impure actor, who is Bhagavad Bhairamukha? He's turned away from God. Or that's not his interest. Hmm. Um, and one is identified with that impure actor. Um, then, yeah, there's so many levels of self-deception that go on. You know, so we tell ourselves, and he, this book is actually, it goes through the different ways in which we are deceived. So we're deceived by our own self, so to speak. We're deceived mm. by our minds. We, we call it self-deception, but it's the mind deceiving the shetrakya, deceiving the soul. And so getting past the many levels of self-deception so you can have a more honest spiritual life. I guess, yeah, I mean, this is probably obvious at this point, but it's not easy. Mm. In fact, at one point in the book I was reading today, he says something to the effect that whenever the soul is nearest to the truth, and then in parentheses, he said, don't worry, they, are never, they never really get that close. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think he's used the word whenever they are nearest to honesty, and mm. don't worry, they never get that close. Mm. And... I just read that statement and it really, it, it struck me. And it was also kind of like scary. Like, what do you, wait, we're not ever really that close to honesty. And it just was making me think of like, yeah, there's so many levels of self-deception that we indulge in that keeps us from being like actually honest sadhikas. Mm. And then we wonder why we're not making much tangible advancement. Anyway, mm. um, Big problem. <laughs> Big problem. Big problem, Prabhu. Um, Aditi is asking what the book is that we're speaking about because she missed the beginning. Yeah, the screw tape. It's called the Screw Tape Letters. Let, yeah, the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. I think it's one of his more popular books. Um, it would be worth it going through some of this stuff, like maybe reading a chapter on our own and then discussing it. It's just like so insightful in many ways mm. um like looking at it from a vedantic perspective and bringing in, seeing the things that he's talking about there i also think it's really interesting that you know this self-deception and honesty because i was speaking about i was speaking about this with um the devotees that are here now staying with me mm. and we were speaking specifically about like other religions or, you know, we were, we were specifically speaking about like our, our religious pasts, right? So like, as you all know, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, 
And then one of the devotees, she was raised uh, Jewish and like this and whatever. And it, it, it was so interesting because- And the other one was raised Muslim, so- And the other one was raised Muslim. Yeah, well. And it was so interesting because we kept on coming across this common theme of like the chosen people, you know, like we're the chosen ones and um and you're not you know like we're the chosen ones and you're not and you know not that we could completely uh dissect and look at that into like a whole nother episode of chit chat what that means and etc but really this idea of humility and more so than humility it's like it's like this you know we've spoken about this dynia this humility where it's like i'm really seeing myself as low, low in the sense of like really accepting and being honest with where I'm at in my spiritual life, accepting my, um, my misgivings, you know, accepting my habits and my tendencies and the anartas, the unwanted things in my heart. And just being like, yeah, th like being really honest, like this is where I'm at. And, you know, I feel like it's such a, it's such a balance though. I, I don't know if I even like that word balance because we've spoken about this like maybe four or five episodes ago, we spoke about like not having the goal in our, you know, not having the goal of bhakti in our midst and kind of letting go of that goal and just being like, yeah, you know, I'm an awful soul and like, I'm not gonna get the goal of bhakti in the next life, so whatever, you know? And I feel like it's such a slippery slope to kind of be on where it's just like, okay, I'm surrendering and I'm being humble and I'm understanding my misgivings and my, uh, what's it called? My bad habits and my rascalness and my foolish nature. But also at the same time, I'm still trying to latch onto the goal of bhakti and the purpose of life and like not lose those two. Because I think that like, if you latch onto the goal, I don't, how do I say this? Like, one can get very proud in their bhakti, you know, like I'm a great this and I'm a great that and I'm a great uh, japa chanter and my kirtan is so this and my this and et cetera. And, you know, the teachings are teaching us that that's not the, that's not the path. But at the same time, I feel like, I feel like you can go into that level of humility where, where, I don't know, maybe you like miss the humble point and it goes into like I can't do this and I feel like that's something that needs to be um evaded if that makes sense we kind of lost you right at the punchline, but I, th I think you said something to the effect where if you go in the direction of humility too far maybe too inauthentically you might end up in the region of like shame and something to that effect is this yeah. correct correct yeah, problem. <laughs> <laughs> very, very big problem. You know, I, I often feel that in bhakti traditions historically, a lot of these issues were overcome easily because bhakti was intended to be done under able guidance that was like mm. available to you. Mm. Um, like when you look at like the guru-disciple relationship, like I don't know if you ever read Jaiva Dharma. If, Mm -hmm. Jaiva Dharma was Bhakti Nau Thakur's magnum opus, basically. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, Bhakti Nau Thakur was the father of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, who is the guru of Srila Prabhupada. So he was also a great saint, Bhakti saint, amazing um, and prolific writer. 
And his magnum opus is the Jiva Dharma, which basically mm -hmm. speaks about all the Gaudiya talking points uh, um, in a very systematic way with the purpose of kind of helping a person who is unacquainted with it become deeply acquainted with the mm -hmm. tenets of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Anyway, in the book, the book basically takes the form of conversations between people who are like deeply immersed practitioners of bhakti and mm -hmm. others who are or list and, and he's so it's, the book is just a lot of conversation with these deep practitioners and people who are outsiders and at one point you'll see you'll see like people surrendering to these bhakti saints and becoming disciples and when you look at the relationship between a disciple and the guru, it was like, it's, it seems like a friendship almost. Mm. Like someone that you could really confide in. Like you would confide some of your darkest things to a friend. Confide in a friend some of the darkest things that you're going through. And as, as bhakti institutions have become more commonplace in the modern era, because this is a, this is a time before there were bhakti institutions, that were like spread mm. all over. But as bhakti institutions have become more prevalent, the relationship between guru and disciple uh, it feels a little bit more corporate. Um, I don't know, that's probably not the nicest way to put it, but it feels a little bit more corporate mm. and a little bit less like friendship. Mm. And when, when you're reading Jaiva Dharma, which is a book written before institutions were the norm and in the Gaudiya circles, the relationship seems a lot more intimate and friendly and um and the guru was like really available to the disciple because there there wasn't internet there wasn't institution so mm -hmm. the guru that you got was a guru that was so near you someone that you kind of like went to find and they lived near you or they were you know they're available in so many ways mm -hmm. so the, it, it, it seems to me these sorts of problems i don't know you don't like you don't see a lot of Gaudiya Acharyas talking about these sorts of issues. Mm. And I can only wonder if it's because they, they weren't like major issues because Bhakti was practiced under able guidance that was mm. available to you, like basically at any given moment. Mm. Whereas now that Bhakti, now the relationship with Guru has become more corporate and that we don't have that sort of access anymore in an intimate way. And maybe we're not always looking for that sort of guidance because of our individualistic sort of tendency having grown up in the Western world. We mm. end up facing a lot of these problems by ourselves. And um, so how humble is, you know, when is this too much humility? Or and so we end up by having to speculate on where this could be like a problem that could be resolved in like two seconds if you were yeah. under able guidance. Um. Yeah. So, problem. I guess the, at the root of the pro at the root of the problem is not having a relationship that where you can really lay your cards on the table plainly and honestly with someone that you fully trust and who is fully able to guide you over the hump of mm -hmm. where you were to where you're trying to go. And I guess that's at the root of the problem. You know, as the relationships have become more corporate, that's not the nicest word to say. And just like very kind of official, mm. uh, a lot of followers, you know, like alienated in a, in a certain sense. 
And, uh, and so you're, you're forced to discover all these issues and kind of deal with them on your own. Anyway, I guess that's what chit chat is for. <laughs> Help yes. us to navigate these and honest conversations. Yes. I know you have to go, Jaya, to your sound bath. I do. Um, so I do, uh, we'll, be, we'll be here on Friday, everyone. I forgot to do like an Instagram story telling everyone that we are only doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday now. So maybe I should do that. But please thank do. You. Yeah, I will. I will. Thank you, everyone, for, for joining in. Thank you, Missy and Aditi. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Madhavapuri, for being here. Thank you all, Angelica. And so nice seeing all of you. And we'll be here on Friday evening at 6. Thank you, Jaya. Hi, Bo. Hadi. Thank you. Hadi.